You're listening to Checking In, a self-help book club hosted by Adam and Amber, where we read self-help books each week and sit down to talk about them. Disclaimer, the opinions recorded on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the authors mentioned here. Welcome back, y'all. It's another episode of Checking In. How are you doing, Amber? (laughs) Good. It sounded like you said chicken in. Chicken in. The chicken in the the Bach Club. <laughs> this is why I'm going to take the comedy class <laughs> <laughs> to make chicken cross the road. Jokes. Oh, exactly. Just to dad it the f up. All right, folks. This week's book is "This Is Your Destiny" by Eliza Kelly, and I have a feeling that a lot of our listeners are already going to know who she is. Yeah. And a lot of our listeners will already possibly own this book. I cannot for the life of me. I tried to remember who recommended it to me. I really think it was probably my friend Julie because she's really, really knowledgeable about astrology. But that's what this book is about. It's about um, manifesting using astrology in your everyday life with different you know, things that go on. I think with all, uh, it probably says that on the cover of the book, and that is probably the general consensus, and I was still surprised when it got to the manifesting portion of the book. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it, it actually went there, but like it was, it, this is um, manifesting from the POV of uh, astrology. Yeah. So... Let's, uh, all right, so Aliza is, and here's her little bio that I found mm-hmm. online. She has one on her website, and it's it's, it's more conversational, so yeah. um, it works on the website. It doesn't really work in a format like this, so uh, here's the one that is on Google Books. Aliza Kelly is a celebrity astrologer, author, and media personality. She pins horoscopes and columns for Cosmo Magazine and hosts the weekly podcast Stars Like Us. Hmm. She lives in New York. So hang on. She has her own podcast. Yes. So she's in competition with us. (laughs) We don't need to be helping her out. (laughs) We don't do astrology podcasts. Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I was feeling extra Aries for a second there. (laughs) So... um, the the idea that that she has here is that astrology and manifestation are intertwined mm-hmm. right like essentially the the roadblocks at, for being able to manifest things and the 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 clues on how we can manifest things that's all tied in with astrology mm-hmm. um can you talk about that just a little bit yeah so i mean it seems like she really believes that our birth charts are subject to interpretation, which is, I guess, a little bit new for me. Like, I don't really have a lot of experience with astrology, just like... What? I I mean, like, just like a millennial experience (laughs) is what I was going to say. Aren't you a a lady millennial? Right. I have, like, a millennial experience, which as far as, like, I downloaded CoStar, Uh I put my shit in, I ask random men what time they were born so they can go ask their moms, 
And then, you know, you're welcome. They haven't called their mom in like three weeks. And um, so I don't really have like a super concrete knowledge of like the mathematics and the science that is involved. But to me, it's always seemed like very precise and easily measured. But in this book, it seems like it's kind of like a religious text almost. Like you can have your birth chart interpreted so many different ways throughout your life. And all of that's to say is that different placements in the stars, different placements in the planets can open up different opportune times for you to manifest things. And it might be helpful for people who do have a birth chart to have somebody take a look at it periodically. Yeah. Um, in the context of what's going on in your life, uh, obviously you can do it for yourself. Yeah. If you, if you feel like you're like a day to day. Yeah. If you feel like you're qualified to do so, but it might be a good idea to periodically, like say you meet somebody new who's into doing birth charts. Like, all right, well, you know, how about you do mine? Yeah. Cause you've seen what's going on with me the last couple of weeks. You do it. And the interpretation can and will change. Yeah. Well, that's like different apps will even tell you different things. Oh, big time. So it's kind of an, it would be annoying and, and redundant if they were all <laughs> redundant. Well put, Adam. So when it gets to the beginning of the book, um, it's kind of talking about how the astrology that she means is not so much your sun sign. Like, yes. It, and when yeah. you get your, uh, daily astrology, they're usually talking about your sun sign. So it'd be like your main overarching thing. But like every single zodiac sign is in our chart somewhere. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. But yeah. Not just the one. I did too. Not just the one. So every they're all in there in different ways and it affects different things. Even I have Virgo traits somewhere. Unfortunately. Way back in there. At the top, do you want to like say what your your three are? Yeah, sure. It's pretty pretty easy. <laughs> um, I am an Aries sun sign, Aries moon sign, Aquarius rising. Mm-hmm. Am I missing one? No. What are yours? <laughs> Mine is a Taurus sun, which I identif- I identify with a lot. Um, Capricorn Moon, which I check back periodically because I have no connection with it all. Mm. And then Leo Rising, which I definitely identify with. I feel like people perceive me as very arrogant. <laughs> I, I feel like <laughs> my really I feel like I've got some Leo in there and that's kind of what is subdued and what I'm kind of trying to unleash. Which brings me to the next part. Yeah. Uh the 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 whole thing at the beginning of the book, uh, once she kinda airs like here's here's what I mean by astrology. Mm-hmm. Chapter two is know thyself. Yeah. So that means taking a look at your astrology and using it to call bullshit on yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like is super important. You know, I wanna know why am I sabotaging myself? Like, obviously, like, hey, I go to therapy. I read these books with you, (laughs) you know. Um, But astrology could provide another level of insight. Yeah. 
And I say that as like a skeptic. If you're not a skeptic, astrology will provide another level of insight uh, into why why are you not getting what you want out of life? Why are you not able to do what you want to do? What's going on with your relationships? It's kind of like another piece in the puzzle. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because, of course, our psychology and our background and our traumas will paint a lot of these pictures for us, which we'll probably dive into a little bit more deeply here in a minute. But, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of like another piece in the puzzle. And it's it's entertaining. It's fun. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like she used some good examples. Yeah. I here. think her writing is really, really geared towards this, like, millennial audience yeah i think so i think it's pretty cool um but yeah i def- it's definitely a lot of things that i feel like me and my peers are kind of thinking about and dealing with as far as like money because like i remember one of the examples she had was a girl who was like 31 mm-hmm. not good with money i was like oh that's me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I learned a little something about the uh, the money thermostat in here for sure. <laughs> Derp. Uh, so one of the things that she also talks about is like af- after getting to know thyself in a, a, a cosmotic and chaotic kind of way is the idea that money is not just a symbol for something yeah. here in the physical realm. It's a symbol for, uh, you know, the other side. It's a symbol yeah. for abundance on in the, the spiritual realm. I thought that. So that was, I guess I'll just say it. That was like Astral my favorite realm. part yeah. of of the book. I thought that was really cool. I mean, I'm always like into like the love stuff. So I thought that I was going to be really into that section. But no, the money part was really cool to me. I really liked it. I started sweating during it. <laughs> It definitely stresses me out because money stresses me out. But um, but she didn't stress me out. No, I think her suggestions were cool. I loved the part about giving and receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done some of that since then. You know, and on top of things, you know, I try to always remind myself kind of something that she said, which is it comes and goes. It ebbs and flows. Yeah. It's kind of like how life is. It's kind of like the moon, she says. And you says. know what? I don't know if I was just being like a... <laughs> how am I going to describe this? I don't know if I was just being like a woo-woo, like, not all here person, but I was just like, you know what? Like, one day, like, all the banks could just be like... <laughs> and then that number on a computer screen... Is just gone. <laughs> and then we'll be free. You know? <laughs> and it's the end of Fight Club. I was like, I don't even know the last time I had like a wad of cash, you know? Because <laughs> like, it's just like, it's all digital. And I'm just like, this is yeah. like so not real. I don't know. I'm, I'm being like QAnon now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is like deep state. <laughs> <laughs> That's another podcast. That's a different podcast. I'll be on that podcast. I'll be on Joe Rogan later. No, I mean, Talking I think about. that in our society, we're kind of thinking about like how real money is kind of mm-hmm. a lot. And uh, Elisa makes a really good point that wealth is kind of like subjective and yeah. the I, and money is emotional. 
Right. Well, she talked about like what is a hundred dollars to this person versus that person, mm-hmm. like a person who's wealthy or a person who's struggling. Yeah, like a hundred bucks. That's nice. But for like Donald Trump, he would like wipe his ass with it. He don't care. I mean, he would probably need it. <laughs> Does he need it? Now? He, he's, he's he might need it soon. <laughs> I might be getting this wrong, but the next part was cultivate your connections. Yeah. And was this the part where, or was it hustle with intention? Um, No, I do have this wrong. I was going to say that cultivate your connections was getting out in the physical realm and doing some maintenance of your connections in life. Mm -hmm. Do I have that right or am I flubbing that? I think that's right. Okay. <laughs> what do you remember about cultivating your connections? Um, was this... Okay, so this was after... What chapter was this? Hold on. Four. Four. Yes. So when you're going through life and you're interacting with other people, when you're cultivating these connections... <laughs> You can look at that through an astrological lens and just, Mm. like, look at patterns. That's what I've gleaned. Oh, yeah, yeah. From it. What did you? Um, I remember listening very intently to this part and then kind (laughs) of, like, what was it? Because it was, I read too quickly. Oh. You know? Um, So it's not like reading comprehension is low. It's just that everything (laughs) ran together. It's kind of funny that she mentions at the end of the book, like whether you flew through this or, you know, or took it slow and really soaked it in. There are um, a few chapters that I want to go back and listen to, which I don't I don't say that about the books that we listen to. She gleaned. um, That was the wrong word. She put a lot of her own story into the book, which. At first, I was like, what does this have to do with anything? Yeah, no, it (laughs) makes sense. At first, I was like, okay, you know, the first chapter, she's telling me, like, all all the things that are in this book, and then we're talking about her life, and I was like, wait, what? What is this? But it really does tie together. It really does make it, make you really see her other than just like an astrologer that has all this knowledge. Like she, you know, came from areas of struggle, areas of fortune and areas of misfortune in a lot of different ways throughout her life. She's not just like Alex Trebek standing there with note cards with the answers on them. (laughs) She's arrived at the answers through trials in her own life. I feel like involving her own story shows us how there's a direct line between stuff that she went through mm-hmm. to her relaying that information to you now. And I was actually listening to a podcast um, the other day that was not about astrology, but they were talking about how <laughs> the line between magic, astrology, and schizophrenia is a little <laughs> bit like blurry these are people who are like into it yeah they're not like deniers or skeptics like they're into it and they're like because you're assigning meaning to so many different things it's very close to mental illness and right so what you 
I think that the fact that you can be aware of that, I just thought that was kind of a funny perspective. <laughs> they were like, you're assigning a lot of meaning to things that really, you know, you wouldn't normally. So it's definitely good to be like aware of some of these things, but also whatever that means to you is what it means to you. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're not being like super destructive or limiting yourself. Irresponsible. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of people... <laughs> I mean, this is kind of a trope, but a lot of people will be like, oh, I can't hang out with that dude. He's freaking Pisces. That's that's <laughs> actually the next part, um, right. getting intimate. Right. So she goes into, like, and this is what a lot of y'all millennials <laughs> use astrology She's for. She's very as, young, too, by the way. As, yeah. She's yeah. a little bit older than me. Finding out why your partner does this or that it really it dovetails very nicely in with some books that we just read oh yeah uh in terms of like love languages and stuff like that mm -hmm. like you don't want to be um like the aloof attachment style with the clingy attachment style um and she's got some stuff like that as far as like astrological signs fitting together yeah not jiving um that that some some people can be going through like a pretty uh, toxic phase. Yeah. And that that's not really them. It's just part of their chart. It's time for this crap to happen. And you know what? The whole time I was thinking about the freaking pattern app. Yeah. I guess like I'm. they're not paying us, no. <laughs> by the way. No, they're not paying us. But like that pattern app is the only one that I know of, which, I mean, I'm ignorant. I, there could be way more, but is the only one that I know of that really shows, like, the flux, the waxing and waning of different areas of your life for months or, like, even years or even, like, this hasn't, this period of growth or this period of reflection hasn't happened to you in, like, four years. So this is important, you know. Yeah. And I really liked that she kind of introduced that into the intimacy range, but she also really <laughs> seemed to kind of call out some of her clients on their own um, patterns of destruction and self-sabotage yeah. in the partners that they're picking. Oh, yeah. Like, who wants to pick out somebody boring? <laughs> right we're gonna go for the well, craziest was, person we can find you know and she was just like why are you going for these like emotionally unavailable men like yeah. what is that saying about you other than like why are these dudes assholes yeah you you're know. the one that keeps picking them yeah and i mean all of that to say like no one is like victim blaming or anything here but it does take you know a minute a good mind to step back and say okay what is the problem yeah, figuring out <laughs> your, no matter how severe, evaluating like how responsible you are in any of your own calamities mm -hmm. because you're the common denominator. Mm -hmm. Evaluating mm -hmm. your own responsibility and there, even if you come up with, I think that this was random. You know, like I really think that I had nothing to do with this. Great. That's your evaluation <laughs> of yourself today. Right. Come back to that in a year and see if you feel the same, but you need to do that. You need to figure out how like, yeah, I guess I was kind of bullshitty with this. <laughs> she also says you can't just like turn around and be like, oh, well, this guy's a cancer. He's not good for me. Right. 
It's just not like that. So that brings us to, and this is not like, it, she doesn't really dwell on this in the book and I don't have it in front of me or anything, mm-hmm. but she created, along with a friend of hers in the mid-teens, uh, the mid-2010s, not in her teen years, <laughs> a dating app based on astrology. Yeah, right. Now we've got astrology apps that have like little like love uh, offshoots that you could pay like mm-hmm. a couple bucks extra for or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this was actually an, an uh, astro-based dating app. Which I feel like I vaguely remember. I don't know anything about out. this, but that seems like a really good idea. Whether yeah. or not it works like amazing or anything, I have no <laughs> idea. I just remember my initial thoughts were like, how is some guy going to like no. talk about how he wants to like... No, this is a lesbian dating with, app for sure. Choke you with your own underwear. <laughs> also, I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> No feminazis. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's going to weed out a lot of guys. Like yeah. a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah, it's only for women it's if you're lesbian. My I name's like- Bubba. I'm kind of a Pisces. <laughs> MAGA. Um, right. <laughs> No, I think <laughs> I feel like I vaguely remember that because I remember um, I signed up for it or something quite similar. And it was like I was on like a waiting list, like when I was living in Birmingham, Alabama, and it was like obviously not <laughs> available in that city. And mm-hmm. it was probably like LA and New York at the time. And like I'd signed up like to be alerted when it was going live, and I don't think it ever did. Yeah. So, <laughs> sort of like Postmates yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we are going to, on that note, take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> So the next part we are going to talk about is hustle with intention. Yes. Hustling. Hustling. So um, basically, if you are a pimp. (laughs) No. Okay. So I I, I really liked this one. Yeah, I did too. What I liked about it was that it really kind of calmed my anxieties about career stuff. Yeah. One problem, and we haven't even mentioned the the uh, the cafe. What does she call it? Oh Lord. The the astrological like, cafe. Yeah, something like that. The idea is all right. So picture yourself in uh, a cafe, uh-huh. and we've got front of house, which is where the tables and the servers are. And then we, it, which symbolizes the realm that we're walking around in right now. Right. And then the other realm, you know, what did she call it? How did she refer to it? There's a lot of ways, like across the different books that I've read, where people refer oh, to the astral like, plane, the astral plane, yeah. or beyond the veil, or whatever you want right. to call it. It's kind of what you create. Right. So that is where things manifest from. Yeah. And so think of that as being like the kitchen, that's back of house. Uh-huh. And when you are not hustling with intention, when you're just kind of in a panic all the time uh, trying to get your job or career uh, to take off and do well, she likens it to a picky customer coming in, uh-huh. telling the server all the things that she doesn't want uh-huh. 
And then the server, confused and not asking any further questions, goes to the back of the house and says, well, she doesn't want any of these things. Right. And so the dish that gets brought to her is bland and confusing and still kind of not really what anybody wants. And disappointing. Disappointing. And um, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) You would just assume that the server is going to give us bad service. Here's what I would assume. I would assume that the server would come to the table and get your order and not mine. Um, because they hate you. Because they wouldn't want to look at me. And then they would bring your food and not mine. Um, and that genuinely is the way I think about myself. I've had things like that happen enough times and then, whoops, taken it personally to where I think, you know, okay, so all the stuff that dad ever said to me about me is true, and it's being reinforced by this thing that just happened. And when you're looking around for something to reinforce the idea that you suck, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find all sorts of evidence that you suck, that you're invisible, that yeah. you don't matter, or at least that's the case with me. In the meanwhile, it's like, sir, this is a Wendy's. Yeah, they don't give a shit. <laughs> They don't give a shit. They're just trying to do their jobs, you know? And if the fucking large white guy with long hair at the table had said something, he would have gotten something. Right. That's generally what it comes down to. So a few years ago, I feel like I was really good at manifesting stuff. Mm -hmm. I manifested roughly whatever the fuck I wanted to. It was crazy. Yeah. And then I felt like I lost my connection to the other side. I lost confidence in myself as a human being. I mm-hmm. lost confidence in my ability to manifest things. And this chapter right here, the one hustle with intention, mm-hmm. I feel like something clicked, something in my brain relaxed, mm-hmm. and I was kind of able to see myself in the situation more clearly. So what she says is, in short, do something mm-hmm. for your career every day. And she doesn't mean sit there and worry about shit for five hours. She doesn't mean contact a hundred booking people. She doesn't mean to, you know, reach out to every record label. And desperation is a stinky cologne, as they Mm. say in the movie Super Troopers. Which is essentially part of so many super troopers. It's because literally every line in that movie is quotable. It's insane. I don't know how they manifested that uh, script. It's timeless classic. But she means go out into the world and make make a connection and have it have something to do with your career. Mm -hmm. There's something about eye to eye contact, being able to see the person, and then they're there in front of you. They matter. They exist. Guess what Adam's been doing? Not that. Mm-hmm. You know, meanwhile, strengthening the idea in the back of my mind, and my liver is starting to hurt talking about this, that I don't exist and that I don't matter. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Aliza has the remedy for that. I loved how I believe it was this chapter. She talked about... um Having several different jobs, you know, not really knowing what career direction she wanted to go in. 
And I think one of her clients said something like one of their passions is photography. There's no money in photography. That's limiting. And she was kind of talking about basically, I think, you know, broken down. It was just basically like you can start a creative side hustle if you would like. She was talking about how she kind of started doing her astrology reading events mm-hmm. every so often, charging a cover, doing it for corporate offices, which I was like, that sounds like a definitely like an L.A. thing or California Capitalist. thing. Capitalist. I just feel like it, would that hit like in most corporate offices, maybe not the ones I worked at. <laughs> like Bill from accounting is just like, cross-eyed from our diversity and inclusion training let's not throw out some astrology (laughs) all right thank y'all for coming to the tractor supply store we're having a team building exercise today but i thought that was so cool yes that she talked you know very matter of factly about hey i had like i was a receptionist i was an admin assistant i worked at a museum but then i also was cultivating this career in astrology reading. Right. You've got your jobs, which are there to pay the bills, and then you've got your yeah. career, which you're working toward paying the bills with. Yeah. I totally liked that. Um, and I also kind of, like, tried to liken it to, oh, because, like, lately I've been, like, freaking overwhelmed by some comedy, and I haven't even, like, booked really anything. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, this is taking up a lot of my time in the day. Yeah, she was actually saying don't do too much. <laughs> right. Like don't don't if like you've talked to one person today about your career and made that connection and like, yeah. you know, made a step like go home. <laughs> don't do more shit. You will be overwhelmed with it very quickly and there's nothing that will overwhelm a person like getting a whole bunch of work after not having had it. You don't know how to do 10 jobs at one time. Mm-hmm. I don't know quite if I manifested the scary lady screaming about Jesus Christ coming back and we all need to repent during my set. I'm sorry, baby, I manifested that. Okay. (laughs) That's that's kind of more like one of my demons that came out and was walking around. One of your girlfriends. It was. (laughs) But um, It was one of the women who's interested (laughs) in me online. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know quite if I manifested that, um, but it was definitely jarring and definitely a sign that maybe, you know, that place was not my place as far as performing. I I feel like that place is not your place for sure. Also, I have to wonder, uh, and this is like... This is 100% my personality to to do this. But, like, what do I do next time that... Because what happened was you're doing your stand-up. Oh, yeah. And this lady has come in, and she's just going to go ahead and be a loud, crazy person. This is, is this part of... She committed to your the... set. <laughs> right. What if you started interacting with her, and she comes up on stage, and you have a dance number? <laughs> That you've worked out beforehand, and all of a sudden people realize that this is part of the show. Um, Because Moshe Kasher did that. He had somebody heckling him from the audience, and the people around the heckler started getting very uncomfortable. sometimes if it's a good heckler and it's like a real well-known comedian, I'm like, did they? 
plants that. And this was a plant. Like, this was like they? the most beautiful plant that I have ever seen because they go into a hilarious bit That's from there. Hilarious. The thing is, what do you do about when suddenly there's a crazy person trying to take over the show from you from off stage? And that can also mean like you're drunk Kevin's. You know, this could like right. it could just be some really well-meaning person in the audience who is too drunk and way too into it and having way too good of a time. God bless them. And they start to make the show about themselves. Like, what do you right. do about that? I was like, this lady clearly wants a little some attention. Yeah. <laughs> Might I, as well cede my five minutes to her. I got lightly roasted by my friends for not responding. But I was just like, I feel like she probably has problems. <laughs> like, I didn't want to, like, make fun of her. I, I wouldn't want to punch down. But right. at the same time, if you've ever seen if you've ever seen me on stage and somebody get up on stage and start trying to take attention away from me, it's not pretty. Well, she wasn't on stage. She no, was, like, right next to me. but she was still me. doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, a small room. And she was, she was right next to the stage and just... Touching on people, Jesus is coming back, we're all going to hell. I'm just like, yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada. We heard it before, let's go. Like, <laughs> I heard Jesus is coming right over there. Um, I Just from my band getting heckled so much in the early days, and not, not by people who were like really being mean, but just like that's the kind of show that it kind of lent itself to being. Uh-huh. Um, I got really used to dealing with hecklers. Mm. So they're drunk, I'm drunk too, fuck it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it never, I never once got into a fist fight over it. It was always like, I would let this drunk person know you should feel embarrassed right now. <laughs> and their friends would take them outside or this person would shut up voluntarily. But I don't know how to deal with a crazy person during a comedy show. I except mean, for because I could probably would, I could probably bet money that she was sober as a judge. <laughs> like. Imagine if somebody, <laughs> me, had gotten up and dragged her ass outside. Oh, dear. And then you would have done five minutes on that. Oh, my. <clears throat> you just got to be able to roll with it is what I'm saying. Right. I should have just kind of like rolled with it and tried to like be funny. But I was definitely like, ah, like, what am I going to do? Just be genuine. I think you just got to be genuine. Uh, and uh, I don't know. People say you got to have thick skin to do what you do. But I also think you have to be... Genuine. Well, and I think I do have like a little bit of an advantage because like I do have a lot of friends or people I've met say like, oh, I'm so nervous. Like, I can't believe you get up there and do that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, wait, wait, is my material like that bad? Like, you're very brave to go up <laughs> on stage and wow. say those really shitty jokes. Why did you go up on stage um, <laughs> and do that? That is so weird. But, um, uh but I was like, no, I'm really nervous. Uh, I'm always pretty nervous. But my, like, outward nervous is just to, like, smile really big and kind of laugh. And if you if you see me doing that, I'm, like, extremely nervous. I, I do that at work. I think that that's the most, <laughs> most charming thing that you could do in front of an audience <laughs> that doesn't know you. So that's a really good tactic. Um, I first started trying to be funny and to get laughs from a crowd mm -hmm. while I was in extremely dangerous situations in school. Mm. And if I, if I'm getting bullied and things are kind of escalating mm -hmm. and I make everybody around that bully laugh, 
but not at the bully. Yeah. Just maybe at me. Oh, maybe yeah. I'm, maybe I'm being yeah. self-deprecating. Everybody laughs, and then the bully loses his bully boner. <laughs> like, the moment to kick my ass and threaten me and all that stuff, it just passes. Well, the attention's kind of put on you yeah. in a way, and so they're yes. like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I started to, like, once... My friend that defended me from the bullies after he died, I had to Not learn. Not by bullies. No, no. Okay. He, he killed all of my bullies. <laughs> um, but um, once the bullies respawned uh, in my high which the bullies spawn in high schools. That's what they do. They <laughs> swim upstream and they spawn. Um, I learned how to be, be funny enough to defuse the situation. And that's... I think if I go on stage, I'm still doing that. <laughs> I'm still like <laughs> diffusing the bomb, you know, like of anxiety simply from me being up there. I'm mm. ready. I'm ready to be heckled. Mm. You know, that almost that almost feeds me. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, you know, I think you and I are funny because of the tough stuff. The which tough is the stuff. next chapter. Ooh, look, at, <laughs> look at that freaking transition because I was like, what are we talking about? I've been working on it for 15 minutes uh, <laughs> while you were talking. You were talking. I was thinking about how are we going to transition. Oh, so you didn't listen to anything I said. I don't have any idea what's been going on. Um, so what does she mean by the tough stuff, Amber? The trauma. The trauma. Oh, the trauma. Which is, you know, can mean a lot of things. Oh, my God. So what I've learned from EMDR therapy is that my trauma has been riding me around. Mm. Um, like a rhinoceros on a tricycle, it has been driving me around throughout life. And <laughs> that's just a funny image. Sorry. It, it's thank you. I'm <laughs> trying to diffuse the situation. Um, and if you're not aware of all of this trauma that's like driving you around, mm-hmm. you can't really regain control. Mm-hmm. Your decision making is going to continue to be affected by this fucked up stuff she had some astrological components to this Mm -hmm. for sure but in in the chapter of the tough stuff i felt like and i said this to you earlier that she really got to like the meat of the book yeah which is you know where the rubber hits the road you know like it's yeah uh, when when shit goes down, that's where that's where like your resilience comes from. That's mm. that's where you learn to grow. That's you know I'm not saying like that one dude that was saying like all right well so everybody that lived through the Holocaust felt like they were better people afterward. And they oh all, lord, uh, that's not what we're saying here. <laughs> that is what he was saying. That's so weird. Still, so I will never get over that. <laughs> I will never forgive him. Never forgive, never forget. Um, I talk about all the time how I felt like I used to have such good intuition and now that is so absorbed by anxiety to where it is. And she yes. talks about this, mm-hmm. how to differentiate between anxiety and intuition. Yeah, so heightened anxiety mm-hmm. where, uh, let's use me as an example. Okay. So um, if I am about to do a show and I'm thinking about a hundred things that could potentially go wrong and one of those things actually does happen, that reinforces the idea that I knew this was going to happen. I'm psychic. 
when like, okay, maybe you're just hypervigilant. You know, yeah. if you're making a million negative predictions and one of them comes true, you can't let that like reinforce yeah. the idea. Like that these cosmic intuitions mm. are not anxiety driven. Mm -hmm. If, uh, it, so can you give me like an example of like, how do we know the difference between anxiety versus this cosmic intuition? She basically says that like, it, you know, it happens when you're more Wait, when So when you're in a more sound place, when you have a bit of rationality, what I feel like you described it as something like you were bringing, we were talking about kind of a tough subject not too long ago. And you're like, I brought it up strategically when we were both kind of chill. Yeah. And it, you know, made a lot of difference, obviously. And so intuition's going to come to you like that. It's going to come to you when your mind is open, when you're meditative, when you're accepting of messages, mm -hmm. right? And anxiety is going to cut you off from the world. It's going to block out all these messages that you could be receiving. And anxiety is... Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are exceptions to this, but always negative. Yeah. Intuition can be positive things. Yes. Also. Yes. Her example was knowing somehow because she started having an emotional response and did not understand why. This she felt was, like her boyfriend was cheating on her. This part was kind of funny. Um <laughs> Because I was like, the whole time we were listening to it, I was like, so anytime I'm just crying for no reason, <laughs> I'll be like, that fucking it's, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's not always what it is. But uh, there's yeah. other things at work. But um, I think she gives some, uh, and this is, this is what I wanted to re-listen to. Yeah. This is specifically what I wanted to listen again. She had some exercises mm -hmm. for kind of working on strengthening your cosmic intuition. Do you remember? That's why I wanted to listen again because <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch it. I was like kind of in and out for this part. Mm -hmm. And there's already a couple of parts of the books that I book that I've listened to again. Yeah. Um I just remember like the parts of just like clearing your mind and being kind of in like a more state of openness and a, and a receiving state. She talks about abundance quite a bit. Yeah. So when you're in a mode to receive abundance, then the, you know, the results are limitless when you believe that you can and you believe like there are clear paths to whatever you would like. I mean, sure. Yeah. It gets easier the the more you can visualize it actually happening. And in a psychological way that's totally separate from astrology. Non-woo-woo. Right. <laughs> you're just being confident in yourself and you're attracting more opportunities by being a confident and well-adjusted person. And you're not reacting to negativity and you're not like getting, you know, wrapped up in like for lack of a better term, bullshit. To put it in, like, completely inside the physical realm, everybody uses map apps to get where they're going now. Mm -hmm. um, and back in the day, before we had that, we would have, like, an atlas that we would keep in the car. <laughs> and we would either look at that or not. 
if it's somewhere that we've been once before, like seven years ago, we might take off to go to this place with a pretty good idea where we're going. And then it's like, oh, I think I think I was supposed to turn back there where I've the never, two MAPCO stations are. I've never read a map in my life. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> now map reads you. So sometimes like you might leave to go somewhere in one part of town and wind up in the wrong part of town. Mm-hmm. And, or, and perhaps you left the house going, oh, I'm going to get lost going there. <laughs> so we'll just see. And that's kind of how I am most of the time. Like, ah, I'm probably going to get lost going there, but we'll see. And then I'll either get there or I don't. And what she's saying is, look at the goddamn map. Like, form a map in your mind. Yeah. How? What are the steps that you're going to take to get there? Picture yourself getting there. Use what's available. Use to what's you. available, and just fucking go there without and that's getting lost. Even like I could attribute that to like some people, and I don't want to hate on any groups of people, but like Christian people who are like, well, God will provide this for me. I don't need to do anything. Like, well, God is providing mm-hmm. all of these tools that you can use to achieve this, the science that's available. Like medicine and science, right? yes. So that's, you know, not a sound argument to make. And the thing is, the thing about the manifestation and the intuition that is explained here is like even when negative stuff does occur to you, you're kind of in a place with yourself that is not going to absorb that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, Aliza wraps up the book with about 15 minutes of um, kind of empowering talk. Yeah, yeah. It is really nice. Definitely like um, all of these Instagram accounts that are like, motivating i share mm-hmm. i will repost them like on our on our instagram account like on the podcast instagram account just stuff that's like encouraging and nice yeah sometimes funny <laughs> um as far as like technical aspects about the audiobook there was one thing that cracked me up and i'm not um busting her balls about this because this was a strategic thing but hey if you're gonna listen to this book with like little kids she drops two F-bombs per chapter. Oh, my God. Just the very second you forget that it's going to happen, it happens. I don't even know how many F-bombs I drop on these podcasts. It's seven. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just saying that, like, the tone of it is very, very clean. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, fuck. <laughs> I'm, I told you, though, you didn't watch that documentary. I watched that crazy, psychotic documentary about Tony Robbins where he's talking about strategically using the F-bomb. Yeah. And he cusses a lot. And I thought he was like, I don't know. I just thought he was like for like straight-laced people, but evidently not. And he uses it to kind of like as a buzzword. Oh, I know it's a tactic. Attention. I know it's a tactic. It snaps uh-huh. people back into attention when they might. When, when I also might think the fact that he's like eight feet tall probably gets that, a lot of attention. That tends to get a lot of attention. He probably has never felt invisible. <laughs> but anyway, we yeah, won't but, talk about Tony Robbins. Right. This is the Tony Robbins podcast. <laughs> no, she she has a great voice. Oh, um, yeah, I love and it. And I enjoyed her writing style, even though it is geared for you young people. 
I felt like she had a powerful message, yes. and uh, I never felt like it got too woo-woo for me. That's what I was going to say. It never got to a point where I was like, what the hell? No. Like, because I'm even the... I'm definitely one of the most woo-woo people out of my friends group. And, you know, I'll make fun of myself or they'll make fun of me. And this was definitely not even... It wasn't super hard to absorb. It wasn't hard to understand. It was easy to... Attach yourself to some of these concepts. It was very well laid out, too. Yeah. So, so it, I it think, has a lot in common with the best I books that we've covered. I think even if you are what I think I said something about this in our Instagram post, if you're a baby astrologist, I think this would actually be a really cool place to start. Yeah. If you're like really into this stuff. Cause, like, okay, like for instance, like I don't know nothing about no nodes, no 12th house. Yeah. No, I only got, I only got an apartment. I don't even. <laughs> Chiron. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but it, that's, right. I will say that word. <laughs> Kazemi. <laughs> that was another word. But. So we're going to post our birth charts. <laughs> I haven't, I don't. I mean, no. other than like an app, I've right. never gotten one like professionally done. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've got one somewhere. I'm sure you do. You do stuff like that. <laughs> that sounds like some shit Adam sounds would like do. Sounds like something Adam would do. Um, actually, if you're listening to this, I, I, loved, w- I would love to have you do uh, my birth chart, Aliza. <laughs> I loved the part where she talked about her birth chart that was handwritten yes. by her uncle. That was so awesome. Oh my goodness. That part to me, I wanted to see, I'm sure maybe I could look at her Instagram and see it, but I was like, oh, I want to see a picture of it. Yeah. Like that's very cute. It would be cool if in the, the printed book version, which again, we did the audiobook. Uh, yeah. if uh If her birth chart was in there just so we could see what what that looks like. I know that's like super personal, like revealing your birth chart to everybody. So I don't think she would do that, but like, I really want to see it. I'm going to start doing that for all my friends, babies. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know how, but (laughs) I wish I did. Um, it would be like the, uh, ESL interpreter that, uh, barges into these places (laughs) and doesn't know any sign language. (laughs) <laughs> and just wings it through a whole television press conference. Oh, my God. And they're, like, making jerk-off <laughs> gestures and stuff like that. <laughs> like, I don't understand what this birth chart says at all. <laughs> it just looks like somebody doodled with one of those circular things, with one of those spiral things. I'm also, like, not a very good, like, artist, so it would, it would just look like some doodles. It's nothing but squares and triangles. What's going on? <laughs> right. I made Adam's little loco, and I was like, triangles. That'll work. (laughs) You know it would be hexagons for me. Mm, Stop, like a stop sign. Or like the bees. Oh, I was about to say. Are you stopping yourself from abundance? Oh, dear. And those are octagons. Aren't they? No. Aren't they? No. Aren't they? They're hexagons. They're hexagons. They sure are. (laughs) Anyway. Well, while we learn basic shapes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so next week we're doing a book on shapes, right? No. <laughs> Geometry. Um, next week we are doing digital minimalism. Super excited for that. Also, kind of at a point I was talking, I was having a conversation yesterday where I feel like it's going to be hard for me. Because 
creatively, you and I see so many people with content on social media. While I am personally in a mode of scaling back mm-hmm. due to mental health. And um, so this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I just created some content myself, and it's very, 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 very hard to get me to appear on camera to create content. I hate it. it. Sure, I hate it. I love being on stage. I hate being on video on the internet where people can see me. It's also like all these all these podcasts lately are like video podcasts, and I'm like, I love podcasts that no one has to see me. Yeah. I liked watching Pete Holmes the other day with Maya Rudolph, but it was pretty clear that she didn't know that she was going to oh, be Oh, the under- guy walking across the camera. Yes. like, <laughs> Yeah. She was in her jammies without makeup on, and I was just like, all right, so we're I mean, cuddling up to Maya. gorgeous. She's so gorgeous no matter what. It didn't really make a difference, but I was like, she is literally wearing pajamas and no makeup. Okay? I don't know if she would have intentionally <laughs> presented herself that way, but if she did, like, you know what? I'm just going to go on this podcast without makeup on. Holy shit, that's even hotter. When uh, Adam and I met, this is just like a little side note for funsies. When Adam and I met, we discovered our number one celebrity crush was like the same which is my Rudolph. <laughs> She's hot and funny. I mean, what's not to love? Anyway, um, our socials are checking.in.podcast on Instagram. Eliza is just Eliza Kelly on Instagram, and it's A-L-I-Z-A-K-E-L-L-Y. And, yeah, she has her Constellation Club. She's got her podcast. She's commented on our posts in what? the past. She's cool. She's a cool lady. Wow. That is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, our uh, other stuff, our vaguely related things, uh, Power and Volume podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find Power and Volume on Instagram. You can look at my band, The Pinks, at thepinksrock.com. Mm-hmm. And that's Pinks with an X, P-I-N-X. If you have tendencies to appear at comedy shows and scream about random things mm-hmm. don't look me up okay <laughs> i will slash won't all right folks we will see y'all next week when we'll be talking about digital minimalism nice. i hope y'all have a good one bye <laughs>